Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. Hello, everybody. How's it going? It's me, Courtney, here, but I am not alone. There's a boy on the mic. There's a guy here. Ick! What? I'm so sorry. Who allowed this? My mom would be so mad right now. I'm kidding entirely. You guys, Drew Lawler is on the mic. Everybody say hi, Drew. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. So Drew is a great, great, great friend of mine. I see him probably six days a week. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's totally true. (laughs) Yes. And as I mentioned before, I am moving to the suburbs in this month, and Drew is going to live a mere Weasley six minutes down the road from me. I just moved yesterday. I know. Your room looks great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. You do need a comforter, but we'll talk about that later. I do have one. What are you talking about? Okay, well, Eric said that you did not have a comforter. Wait, he did? (laughs) It's totally a comforter. It's just not as, like, fluffy (laughs) as maybe his or yours. This is a glimpse of life with Drew. Um, Yes. So we brought him on, as I mentioned in the description of this podcast, we are so honored to have him because Drew is a, I'm going to see if I get your title right, nurse practitioner that is specializing in delivery and birth. <laughs> and that has was a, a great personality and <laughs> <laughs> That was that was that was great. It was a long way of saying <laughs> that I am a, a certified nurse midwife and also a family nurse practitioner. Okay. That but I so mainly cool. but mainly I I just do nurse midwifery. So I just am a midwife. Nerd really. mi- nurse mid- midwife. I know midwifery sounds like a spell like <laughs> Midwifery, you know? Midwifery. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's not. It's not a spell. It's just the correct way to say, like, yes. the practice of being a midwife. The really. practice of being that a midwife. That is so and, crazy. I gave, yeah. when I gave birth to Ellie, we gave birth with midwives, and they were just the most amazing people I've ever met. And They were like just, your lifeline, right, Megan? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. They... They're yeah. just warriors. <laughs> it's amazing. And so I'm so excited you're on this podcast. It's so yeah, cool. I Thank found you. out. Well, I didn't know you were a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was new news to me as of like yes today, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone's listening to like if anyone's listening that I work with, they're like, he is not a nurse practitioner because he does mostly OB care because that's right. that's where I feel the need. And that right. is really yeah. the need. Right. Um, but I like to people always ask me like are you still called a midwife if you're a, if you're a man? I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. The, the mm. answer is yes. I'm still called a midwife. Midwife means with woman. And, oh. um, but I like to say you can just call me the delivery man. Let the education oh, man. get out. <laughs> yeah. The delivery man. The education is already starting, you guys. Already yeah. starting. It's already beginning. I Everyone, I'm sure, makes jokes of you're a mid-husband. Oh, I know. Constantly. How many I, times do you hear that a day? It, well, at least once a day. So much so that... Like when I was applying for school to, to like, like my personal statement sure. started out with the most common question I get is, are you going to be called a mid-husband? <laughs> <laughs> so you were so right funny. on it. You were thinking like everyone else. <laughs> you know, I am witty. <laughs> you are. I am pretty funny. 
<laughs> yeah, so we're having Drew on. Why are we doing Drew this month? Why are we having Drew on the mic right now? Well, as I look at a gorgeous image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, it's because it's May, y'all. Mm-hmm. And it is the month of Mary. It is the month of the mother. I believe I've seen floating around Instagram, Megan, please correct me if I'm wrong, that it's also like Infertility Awareness Month, if not Infertility Awareness Week. Currently, as we're recording, I've just seen a lot of posts about the struggles of infertility and people's testimonies within infertility. Am I wrong, Megan? Fact check me. I it's it's around this time. I don't know if it was last week or this sure. week, but we're in the season, so you're not far. It's off. kind of like Mother's Day is around this time. We're right. in the season of Mother's Day. We're yeah. buying the necklaces. We're sending the cards. It's a lovely time. So we thought Drew needs to come on. He let's, needs to share some truth. Let's bring a male on. Let's bring a guy on. <laughs> it only makes sense. In the month of It only makes sense. Yeah, let's do it. I think it makes perfect sense. So I'd like to first hear about how our mother is doing. Megan, how do you come today at this late hour in Indianapolis? We're recording much later than usual. Megan yes. is, I'm sure, taking shots of espresso. It's all Drew's fault. Yeah. Blame it on the men. <laughs> We can take it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I'm good. I made myself a London Fog, which is Earl Grey tea latte with vanilla and honey. And I feel like okay. it had just the right amount of caffeine to just, just the take me up the and shorts. keep me through this episode. So, yeah, I am Absolutely. great. How do you Amazing. guys come and today? We come exhilarated. It's a totally. whopping 8 p.m. here. It so the party... The party don't start till Drew walks in. <laughs> and uh, I just made a lovely little DIY dish. I looked in my fridge tonight, Drew. Mm-hmm. I looked in my fridge. And what'd you find? And I found nothing. Nothing. And I was like, what That's on like earth What on earth is a girl to do? What on earth is a chef such as me, Courtney Mae Roach, uh-huh. to do with a fridge scarce as this? We're looking at maple sausage links for breakfast we're looking at bacon we're looking at eggs we're looking at cheese we're looking at orange juice we're covered in the breakfast department i think to myself do i make breakfast for dinner i don't really feel like it but then what do i do i shift to the left which we all need to do a little bit more (laughs) and i look and i find so many resources in the freezer that i always tell myself oh i'm out of food no i'm not i've got three bags of trader joe's dumplings in there So I make an exquisite oh. pork dumpling with a little fried rice. A little. Yeah. Uh, my my parents just told me the other day. They were like, "They're from." I'm from Texas, by the way. It'll um, come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll hear it come through. Yeah. Um, but the other day, my dad was like, "Drew, we just went to this great place named Trader Joe's." <laughs> oh my god. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, Dad." Way to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, there is not a Trader Joe's where I'm from. They sure. were in Houston, which is okay. You know, but, but right. still, right. you know, it was right, like, right, right, across yeah, the pond. But exactly. still, yeah, Trader Joe's. God bless him. So I, I just made that for dinner. Drew just, I don't know, did a million and three things. I'm assuming CrossFit in a pre-made dinner. Yes. <gasps> wow. And it's then I take a shake. I just went to your, just went to your house. Drew just moved, as I said, and we're together all the time. All okay, the time. BFFs. Yep. <laughs> and he, you, you use function. This what? is not an ad or fraction. Factor. Factor. <laughs> Third time's a charm. But so yes, I use a. a Tell because, us about factor. Well, here's the thing. Again, you know, this is I not mean, I, I say this, and I know we're both single, but like, yeah. it's hard to cook for one person. It is hard to cook for when and, you're gonna have leftovers. Yeah, yeah, and so I, you know, initially was like. I'll cook when I get to Colorado. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah I'll yeah. do that. But right. then that they're healthy out there. Yeah, but yeah. And then I was like, you know what? No. So <laughs> then I started eating out more, and then I was like, you know what? That's not a good option for me yeah. either. So then I found a thing called Factor. Yeah. And they just send me ten meals, and I eat 
one of them a night and I drink a shake with it. Wow. Easy. So that's, that's kind of what I did tonight. I had it was it was delicious. I had green beans and like a pasta. Green beans, potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> oh my stars! Okay, so we're all doing great. <laughs> I says that. Um, in conclusion, we're all doing well. So now I'd like to start at the very beginning, which is how I met Drew. When did we meet? I actually my couldn't. birthday, right? At Gallo. Yes, and you were cold. To you? Yes, not on purpose. It was just like we don't know each other. Oh, shoot. Like, now that I was know you. Was it on that birthday? It's probably. I don't know if it was. I feel like we went later. I know. I, I And you know what? what's really sad is I kind of remember being somewhat cold. Yeah. Because I just didn't know. You were like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is what I received it as. You were like, oh, here's a random girl. There's yep. so many people in Colorado. I'm not really going to have a friendship with her. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm at my favorite restaurant. I'm gonna mind my own business. That's that is that's actually probably extremely accurate. You guys, the, for the people who don't know Courtney, she's extremely emotionally intelligent, and she read that like a book. That whole situation, except except for the fact that I think um, in the middle of our encounter, mm-hmm. you were saying some things, and I was like. She's funny. <laughs> and then I was I like... Say I say it all the time. Yo, she's funny. hysterical, you guys. I'm funny. Totally, totally funny. Totally funny. And, yeah. and so I realized throughout the middle of it, I was like, okay, she can stay. Mm-hmm. You know? She'll do. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I felt about you. Okay, great. Because I was also like, okay, everyone talks about this Drew Lawler. He's from Texas. He went to A&M, whatever. They all do. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. And then I like, I had my plethora, my library of male friends. And mm-hmm. I was like, I've hit my max. Yep. I'm at four. I can't do any more than four. I won't exceed to the whole hand. Yeah, totally. And so then I meet you, and I'm like, yeah, you're one of those guys. Because there are so many of them that the guys in our friend group will, like, bring a random dude around. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, hey, welcome to dinner. I won't ever see you again. Yep. Enjoy our home while we have it. For sure. I assumed that you would be that. Mm-hmm. No. But then we both stuck around. We both stuck around. And, and now, now we're the creme de la creme. Yes, we really are. Yeah. The <laughs> king welcome. and queen. <laughs> so here is Drew. I do he, apologize for being cold, by the way. I apologize for judging you. Okay. Oh, shake better. on that. Shake on all that. Better. Cheers. <laughs> all better. So, Drew, with that being said, explain a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Okay. We name, kind of touched on it, but yes. go, on to, go into it a little bit more. Okay. Um, my name is Drew. I am 29 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I'm originally from Texas. Yeah. Um, single. I love single. <laughs> um, for all you ladies out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I uh, grew up in a small town called Nederland, Texas. All right. And then I moved to College Station where I went to Texas A&M. I got my first... I initially wanted to be an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. I always felt like God called me to deliver babies. It's something that I knew from a very young age. Now, when did you start loving that? Um, well, I always say that I was obsessed with birthdays when I was growing up. Like, I wanted to remember everyone's birthday. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. I actually wow. did remember, like, almost every person's birthday. Like, the first question I would ask them is not, like, what's your name? It was always, what's, what's your, your birthday? birthday? And then you'd write it down and, somewhere? No, I just file it in my brain. All right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, between and, these and two years. It, between the two years. Absolutely. And so, there was always this fascination with, with birthdays yeah. and just, like, how I think they were fun and yeah. cool. And yeah. um, I like celebrating other people and yep. also celebrating my my birthday. Yeah. Um, anyways, Same. so yeah, yeah. And I know there are people out there that are like, like just sh- shriveled up because people, some people do not like celebrating their birthday. I, know, I can't 
get behind that? <laughs> we need to have a conversion class, like a workshop. I'm like, I, I get it to a certain extent because like the attention's on you, all sure. the things, and some people don't enjoy that. But also loving your birthday doesn't mean that you love the attention. It just means like yeah. you're celebrating the day you were born. I it's mean, a massive that's, deal. That's a massive deal. A huge deal. Huge yeah. deal. So anyways, that's kind of the initial like uh, interest. I, interest. Yeah. So I kind of wonder about it. And then it wasn't, okay, to be honest, I was watching TLC. Okay. And I was watching <laughs> the baby story. Do y'all yes. remember that show? No. Yes. You don't? I don't. Oh the baby story? Yes. Thanks, Megan. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm here with I would be I'm watching here. the, yes, the baby story was always like, what? And like, it was just basically it videoed the, a family before birth, okay. during birth, and then like a little bit after. And like always during the birth part, I was like, this is so cool. And my mom wow. was like, what are you watching? I'm yeah. Like, the baby story. So would they show the birth? Um, I like can't. to it. No, like to an extent. Maybe there was yeah. some blurriness to it. But, sure, sure, sure. But still, it was something really fascinating. And I remember always wanting to be something in the medical field. I was always drawn to like medicine or being a doctor. Yeah. And then when I watched this show, I was like, Mom, I, I want, is that a job? Like, I want to do that. She's yeah. like, yeah, that's an OBGYN. And I was like, I want to deliver babies. And so, <laughs> And so I literally like never questioned again. Like I, that all, is incredible. And I was just affirmed and affirmed a time and again by God that just like this is what I've called you to. That is so cool. And, and so I originally went to school wanting to be an OB. Sure. And then uh, throughout my college career, I start, started shadowing a physician, and I was like, you know what, I like this. Yeah. But I, there's something about it that's kind of missing for me and my personality. Mm-hmm. And I think what it was is that ultimately I, I just really wanted. I didn't. I cared about like surgeries and GYN stuff, but I really just cared about birth mm. and I cared about pregnancy. And so OBGYNs, if you don't know, do more than just deliver babies. Yeah, they well, take care of, they do. Well, they I ta- mean, they know, well, actually I don't know. Anything. <laughs> I was going to say OBGYNs do pap smears, but I don't think that's right. But yeah, of course they do. Yeah. So they, an OBGYN is who comes in to do my pap smear. Or a nurse, pra- women's health nurse practitioner or okay. a midwife. Which is typically what happens at Bella. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may not even know who's doing your pap smear, but just know they're qualified. Right. They went to school for it at some point. Absolutely. Okay. Um, they just got to find your cervix. That's basically yeah, it. That's, that's it. the only job. Right. And then swab away. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> and consent. <laughs> and consent. Yep. <laughs> Are you willing and able <laughs> to go through this comfortable process yes, together? Totally. Um, but OBGYNs, I mean, I don't know their full realm, but I just know that they do surgeries. They do like right. gynecological procedures. Um, whereas midwifery is like really, they do women's health and GYN, but a lot of it's mainly towards like. Um, normal, low risk, women. baseline, baseline stuff. stuff. Sure. Exactly. When you say GYN and you take the O out, what does that mean? So OBGYN stands for obstetrician gynecologist. OB is the delivering babies part, and GYN is the like women's gynecologist health part. part. Exactly. Wow. So they just put together. So you may hear OBGYN. Obigyn, right. you may hear them like all kind of said because it's gynecologist. Exactly, I thought it was with an I this whole time. Oh no, gyn. Wow, I studied event <laughs> management just to remind all of you. You know what? I guarantee you, there is not someone else that's listening on this that's like, oh my god, I did not know that either. Yeah, I had not I a clue. Sure. Okay, so continuing on. So continuing on, I I realized I didn't really want to do all the gyn sure. specializing in surgery. Right. So throughout my college career, I switched to you know what, I think I want to be a nurse midwife. And that was kind of a sort of point of pride for me in, yeah. in, a, in a way that I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. Right. And mm-hmm. and that means I'm going to be a midwife. That's like kind of like not a manly sounding job. Sure. You know? Right, exactly. And and so I 
decided that I was going to go to nursing school mm-hmm. because you have to you have to get your bachelor's in nursing to become a certified nurse midwife first. Okay. So I decided to go to nursing school. I went to a one year nursing program in at the University of Houston, um, and then I knew I wanted to be a nurse midwife, but I felt like it was important for me to have experience as a bedside nurse, as a labor and delivery nurse. So I was a labor and delivery nurse um, in Austin, Texas at Seton Medical Center. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made um, because now I use so much of what I learned um, now as a midwife and the way I practice and the way I interact with other nurses and the way, you know, it was just extremely valuable. Yeah. And so after about three years, I felt like, you know, that was the time to go. Um, back to school. So I went to Vanderbilt University where I got my certified nurse midwifery degree. And in then, Tennessee. In Tennessee. That's Nashville, right. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, and then for for just one extra semester, they offered, you could also get your family nurse practitioner degree. And you said, fine. I said, sure, sign me up. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take on more debt. You said, I love a combo. <laughs> love a combo. Yeah. And I also genuinely do care about the family. Like, yeah. I really oh, do care about the family. You really do. But yeah. my heart and passion is OB. Yeah. Is when I say OB, from here on out, it means obstetrics. It means pregnancy and birth. Okay. okay. Incredible. Incredible. So, yeah, that's kind of where my, how the stories went. And then I moved to Colorado because I work at the greatest clinic in the nation. Yeah, you do. Which is? It's called Bella Health and Wellness. Which is where I go. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. I absolutely, teetotally despise the doctor. I hate it with every fiber of my being. The smell of that foam crap that y'all put on your hands. To clean. When you wipe. Yep. And you do Mm -hmm. the, all that. I hope you guys can hear it. Rub, rub, rub. (laughs) Hate it. I hate the smell of the latex. I hate the smell of the sick people. I don't care what you've got going on. I hate it all. And it's nothing against the people. I hate the experience. I'm always terrified. My anxiety is through the roof. I can't eat a thing. I'm sweating. My blood pressure is so high. I will pass out just like that if you give me any type of situation. Mm-hmm. I walked into Bella for the first time to get my very own pap smear and <laughs> blood draw and all of the lovely things that they do on an annual. Mm-hmm. And I see Drew and he goes, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just here for a pap. And he went, oh, amazing. And I was like, I'm so nervous. And he said, why? And I said, because I hate the doctor. And he goes, oh, this isn't a doctor's office. This is a spa. <laughs> because you guys, it really is. Like, if you walk into Bella, it is like, you know when you walk into a doctor's office, mm-hmm. majority of the time it's, it's sterile. Sterile, yeah. it's cold. It's like fluorescent you know, lighting. Horrible. Mean, grouchy women with like cats you, all over their scrubs. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. I can yes. see it now. Mm-hmm. This is, think of the opposite. It's completely the opposite. But clean. Wow. And so clean. Yeah, but and still sterile enough. Smells of course. great. Smells great. The rooms are homey. Yes. We want you to feel like you're at home. It's and insane. I think that Bella does a really great job of that. They do such a great job. Like you walk in, they've got a whole like coffee station for you to make a coffee, and they've got water. They've got these comfy couches. Is there a fireplace, or am I making that up? No, you're you're correct. There's a I mean, fireplace, it's fake, but it's it's the fireplace. Yeah, there's they've a got chapel. a huge TV, and then there's an adoration chapel Literally. to the left. Wow. You can go see Jesus. This sounds like too good to be true. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not making this up. This is yeah. not a vision of like, oh, I hope someday that my home looks like this. No, it is an actual doctor's office, yeah. and they're booked beyond compare. Yes. I let's just say I used the strings that I could pull to get in because yeah. I, I would not have been able to. <laughs> I would not have been able to. I just have friends in high places. So, yeah. yeah. But I think that that's the perfect segue 
to my favorite story of all time that has nothing to do with Bella (laughs) at all. But let's just say this story, I've shared it with other people. I've had him send it to me in a voice memo form, and I've saved it as a file, and I have shared it with many, many souls. One of those not being Megan. Megan, you've never heard heard this story. Wow. No, and the reason why is because Megan and I have had Drew in mind to be a guest on the podcast, like, for a long time. Yeah. It's not something that was like, oh, let's have Drew on, like, we've been planning this for a while it just happened that this was the best month to do it and I was like I'm not going to tell you my favorite Mm -hmm. story that Drew tells because I want him to tell it and I want you to react in live (laughs) reaction (laughs) in live today in real person yes so this is called the rainbow story taken away yes because if you call it that what it's written right there it's it gives it away. Absolutely. So it's called The Rainbow Story. The Rainbow Story. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm going to shut up because I don't want to give away any details. Okay. Take it away. The mic is yours. Well, let me just say, let me just preface this by saying that in the labor and delivery world, you come across things you would not believe. <laughs> all right? Like, it, it genuinely, like, you can't prepare for this stuff. Yeah. All yeah, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I have a lot of stories. Just to note, I have delivered... 540 babies. I'm oh so, I'm still gosh. obsessed. Isn't yes. that so cool? Yes. I love, oh, yeah, gosh, I should say I've so helped cool. like usher in 540 because yes. I still counted the ones as a nurse because all the nurses out there that are listening to this, if there is any, I could not do my job without the nurse. And sure. I do, I definitely think that like, you know, I counted all my deliveries as a nurse and as a midwife sure, into for one. Sure. And I'm at a total, I think that's a totally total fair. of 540 yeah. That babies. is just unbelievable. Yeah. I have the coolest. So amazing. So, and, and not every one of the patients I encounter end up delivering like on right, my shift. Right, so like right, I see right. a lot of people and a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, I've, I've had an, a fair share of like memorable stories, but mm-hmm. this is probably one of the most memorable <laughs> and a fan favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd buy a um, ticket to hear this yeah, story. <laughs> so this is a true story. I'm not making this up. No. Um, so one night I was in training. It was in a different state and city. Yeah. And um, this woman comes in. She thinks she's in labor. So, one of the things you do when you check when you want to know if someone's in labor is you want to check their cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cervix is what like people you know dilates and all that thing, yeah. all this stuff. You got to get it to ten centimeters. Blah right. blah blah. Right. Um, so this woman comes in. I check her cervix like I've done a thousand and one times. Right. And I pull out my glove, and um, it's the color of the rainbow. And I. <laughs> You know, it's a normal color to maybe pull out your glove and see is, like, red. Maybe there's a little bit of blood. That's sure. normal. Right. Um, but what's not normal is, like, red, blue, purple, green, what? yellow. Like, my whole glove was this color. No. And I look her straight in the face and I say, why is my glove the color of the rainbow? Oh. And she looks at me and says, oh, baby, I've been putting Skittles up in there to feed that baby some sugar. No. <laughs> oh, and I am speechless. <laughs> <laughs> what yep. on earth? Oh yeah, my gosh. A, yes. I can't even. I know. I know. <laughs> it's hard to wrap your head around. And so I'm stunned. Um, and I, it's in the middle of the night. And so I'm thinking, I am dreaming. This is not real. Yeah. But it totally was real. And oh the next thing she does is reach into her vagina. No. Can I say that on here? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and pulls out seven Skittles in her hand that, like, the color have drained off of them. And is looking at me. And I'm like, this is not okay. No. <laughs> oh. My jaw is True on the story. floor. Oh, yeah. 
I know. Most people's are. And and so then I said, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to even say to this Absolutely. person. Right. And I'm the first thing I say is, man, we need to we need to go over a few things. Yeah. We <laughs> and, you're close to delivery. Yeah. She I wasn't wanted, even in labor. No. Yeah. I want you to understand how a few things work downstairs. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I said, you know what, in, in, in no particular order. Yeah. Babies um, don't eat Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> start there. Babies, like, they don't eat that. So, second, Skittles should never be in the vicinity of your vagina. No. Unless you drop one when you're eating, like, one in a car. Yeah. That's about it. It should not be inside. Okay? <laughs> so, I said, you know... And, and then she goes, well, you know, I just thought because his head was down there, I could just slip it to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, ma'am, you know, there are, there are a lot of membranes and things before you get to that baby's mouth. Yeah. And I don't think he's probably sticking out his tongue for some Skittles. <laughs> I don't think that's probably what's happening. Okay. But I, you know, you could just eat the Skittle mm-hmm. and give your baby some sugar. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how that works. There you yeah. go. You got a placenta in there that does all the nutritional exchange. It's. Yeah. That's what we need to focus That's on. That's all that you have to focus So um, then that was pretty much it with that. And uh-huh. I, I was like, I cannot believe what just happened to me. Yeah. That is that unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Oh yes. my that gosh. Insane. But, Megan, as a mother, how do you feel? Yeah. I feel. I as a woman, how do you feel? As a woman. <laughs> I just, I don't even, I can't even understand. Speechless. Or believe. Right? Yeah. You know, no mm-hmm. judgment to any of our listeners if you've done this. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I don't Actually, think I'm judging you. <laughs> now there, oh, there now I don't. I didn't really get to follow this patient through because I was in training. Right. Yeah. There could have been some kind of you know drugs, mental illness involved. Sure. Because I don't know what would be I don't going know through. Yeah. But you know. That is that still, is the funniest yes. thing ever. I cannot Isn't even that, believe that. I That's couldn't insanity. have told you that story if I tried. <laughs> I would have what, what we call butchered it. Yeah, w- she wasn't even embarrassed by it. She wasn't like, oh, no, you're going to go oh, check no. my service and find something. Absolutely. I mean, she was proud to show me the seven Skittles. Oh, honestly. <laughs> he remembers the number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like seven sitting in her hand. I... I can't. Oh, I, I can see not. it, and that's what I love. Oh yeah, I can picture this whole picture this whole it. exchange. Yep, totally. That is so funny. absolutely insane. Such a good mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so Megan, I've asked you like six questions at this point because yeah. I'm so excited. Where would you like to lead us in the next direction? Well, I have. This is just an interesting question. I think as someone who has given birth before, and I was totally yeah. just surrounded by women the whole time. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, what is it like being a male as a midwife? Do you have any like pushback on that ever, mm. or I don't know what? How is that interaction with um, women giving birth? That's a great question. Um, I've I've been asked that question quite a bit too because I think it it's just a natural question to think about because um, it's a very much of a woman's territory and like a woman's world. Whenever you start talking about birth, mm-hmm. um, the way I like to go into that is like you know, birth is not about me. Like, yeah. this is, mm-hmm. this is not about me. Like I got into this because I love birth and I love women's health, family life. Mm-hmm. And so just going in with the attitude and perspective of like, you know what, if someone does not, if someone feels uncomfortable, me, uh, me being a male and I, I want you to have, I want you to have the best birth experience and 
yeah. um, like your birth experience that you desire. And if right. me being a male like prevents that or like makes you uncomfortable in any way, like I don't want to be in there. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's really helpful to have that. But I will say this: I have had, um, I have really had not a lot of pushback, like yeah. barely any. And I think that that. I think initially there's a lot of people that are maybe hesitant. Sure. But when they meet me and they realize, oh, he's not a creep. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he actually cares about me and he like, he, you, you can tell he's passionate about this and, yeah. you know, yeah. he can hold a conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, they start to trust me more. Exactly. And they yeah. feel more comfortable. And, um, and, and so that being, like that being said, I, I've really had a lot of amazing encounters and, a, and, um, really like incredible births and, yeah. Um, just patient encounters that have been really, really special. Yeah. And um, while there may have been some hesitation, I do think that like they, they come around and right. they, you know, they, they see me for as a person that really cares about them. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other reasons that I've gotten pushed back is maybe some like cultural things, which is totally reasonable. And yeah, I respect that. Sure. Absolutely. So, right. Yeah. I think that's cool though. Cause like the thought of, there being any type of male OBGYN or like just like the nerves that you feel as a woman mm-hmm. when you go in to even get the most baseline mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. taken care of. Like you're so scared, me being terrified sure. of everything, but like <laughs> anyone even that isn't really phased by needles or doctors right. or anything like that, it's not an exciting experience right. to get a pap mm-hmm. smear. It's an intimate experience. Exactly. Yeah. Or to like be preparing for birth or everything's new. Like when you're later on, Megan, I'm sure you can talk into this. When you're later on in pregnancy, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, just shove your hand up my cervix or, (laughs) oh, yeah, whatever. Like, draw my blood. But, like, at the beginning, you're, like, so scared. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. so to have a guy – if I had a guy walk in, I would tense up Mm -hmm. and my blood pressure would Mm -hmm. rise even more. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, it's so cool because knowing Drew, he has Mm -hmm. this very, like, calming, relaxing, approachable personality about him. And it's cool, too, that, like – since he has that, thinking back to you as a kid and, mm-hmm. like, thinking about all of your passions, mm. this is, like, totally off topic, but it's just this, like, really awesome thing to behold of, like, this is how God created you. Mm. He instilled that passion in me, in you because he knew then you would be able to have that consoling, mm. comforting, almost fatherly presence, mm. like, that gift that you have as, like, the um, like the masculine genius, right? Mm. Yeah. Instead of just the feminine genius. I think it's just, I don't know, it's so beautiful because this is such a hot topic, not just for Catholics, but it's also a hot topic that pisses off half of our society. Everyone is extremely opinionated and passionate about birth. Totally. Everyone is extremely opinionated about pro-life and Mm pro-choice. It's flooded into every single Mm. television show, song, radio, everything. And it evolves too. For example, I just am about to finish tonight. I will finally watch the finale series of Jane the Virgin. You have watched the beginning of this show, yes. Drew? Okay. Yes. Drew likes this show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To speak on behalf totally. of him. And at the beginning, it's just this like very like precious, approachable show that's about this girl that is like, I am not going to have sex until marriage. And then she goes in for a pap smear, actually. <laughs> she does. And she gets... <laughs> inseminated. Artificially inseminated because <laughs> the, mixed up with the OBGYN got the appointments mixed up and she was very unprofessional. It's not, not realistic, but... It starts out in this really, like, fun way. She's very outspokenly Catholic. By the end of the show, they're making, like, even the abuela, who you know yeah. in the beginning, oh, yeah. outspokenly Catholic. At the end of it, she's, like, understanding why they're going against the church. Oh, wow. She's very much like, this is your body. This is what you need to do. Oh, wow. It's, like, so transformed. And it's not like 
they needed to do that for a writing purpose. It's mm-hmm. just that from the evolution of the show starting back in probably 2010 mm-hmm. to when it finished five years later, so much has politically shifted. So much has, like, changed. It's like you can't get away from it. It's everywhere. And it, it has, like, Republican and Democrat, like, perspectives. It has Christian and non-Christian, like, underlying tones, everything. And I know I'm kind of getting off topic with, like, this, like, masculine genius that you mm. have. But I think mm. that it's interesting at the same time that you're this extremely masculine man working in what would be considered a feminine job. 100%. As a straight Catholic man. Right. Like, there's just so much there that's like, yeah. what? It's 100%. like this superpower that yeah. you have that goes against so much of the social norm. Like, you should be a gay Democrat <laughs> that gives people abortions. It's true. And it's like, sister, don't worry. I'm here for you. Like, that's what you should be, but you're not. Right. That's crazy. It's I don't know crazy. if you have anything to speak into that, well, but I'm I, just like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. it's straight up badass. Yeah. To be in that place. Thank you for saying that. Because yeah. I totally agree with you too. Like, and I will say like a personal story. Growing up, I had a lot of friends that were girls. Yeah. Um, and I used to get made fun of a lot for that. Sure. And I had very few friends that were guys. And and it, it caused me to be really insecure about my masculinity, sure. you know, for, for a long period of my life. And um, it wasn't until recently, I would say within the past like five years, that that... I felt like God told me, like, I allowed that to happen so that mm. that I would be able to, like, not like, no, I guess no women in a, in yeah. a different way. Because yeah. if I was just, like, you know, having all these friends that were dudes and always and not getting that, like, I guess exposure to just hanging out with girls at a young right. age, I, right. I felt like mm. God was preparing my heart in a sense wow. for what I'm doing today. Mm. And that was actually a really, like, powerful revelation and healing, honestly. Yeah, and totally. so I've, like like, had to pray with that and just, like, see that I like that I am masculine and I can't and and that's it's such an important role I believe in in pregnancy and in birth like there's a lot of a lot of issues in today's world is like absentee father you Mm -hmm. know just having that that male figure and I think that a lot of women that I do see that maybe have had horrible traumatic experiences with men yeah I think that oftentimes when they meet me, of course, those women are for sure hesitant and maybe not, maybe not even want to see me, but the ones that do, I think it can be a healing experience for them because like I, I genuinely care about them and I respect them and their bodies and I just want them to feel empowered as a woman. Absolutely. And that goes so much into Megan, right before we started this podcast, we were talking downstairs and I want you to share that meme that you shared with me. Of, like, it was just this, we were talking about the whole, like, pro-life, pro-choice, like, the resources that we're providing. Because, one, to talk about what you just shared, Mm -hmm. you are there for women in what can be the scariest point of their life. Where they feel completely isolated. And all all that the world makes you think is, you just need your girls. You just need your girls to help you get through it. Your best friend's going to be the one that drives you to go get the abortion. You're going to call your best your best girlfriend. I, like, I think that there's so much, like, girl power that's affiliated with this that there's really never, like, 
men that speak out on it. The only portion of male correspondence that we hear is when it's like, oh yeah, all of these white men voted against yeah. approach. Yes. Right? You know, like that's the only interaction that we have with men. Totally. When or, you're like on the front lines. Go ahead, Megan. Yeah. Or I was going to say, or it's like the man is going to pay for this woman's abortion because mm. he got her Absolutely. Pregnant. It's like that's his Exactly. <laughs> There's only negative connotation when it comes to like the male role in this entire experience. And I think it's so cool that you're on the front lines. Mm. But then also like knowing all of the resources that you can provide for a woman. And I said something along the lines to you of like, yeah, you just want to give them like all of their options. And Drew's like, <laughs> well, not all of their options. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all but one. <laughs> personally give them. Yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, he just shared this like meme with me. That well, kind of like plays into it a little bit too. Yeah. I think what I was saying is like, oftentimes the argument is that there's not enough resources out there or like what happens once they give birth, you know, there's like blah, 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 things like that, which can be true for a lot of people. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of pregnancy, life affirming pregnancy centers out there that offer a lot. And one of them, like Bella included is, is one of those places. And I saw this funny meme the other day that I was like, there's actually some, a lot of truth to this. It said like someone just proposed the question of like, if you, or statement that was like, if you're, if you were really pro-life, you try to help pregnant mothers supply for their children. And the response being, we literally run centers for just that purpose. Yeah. And that response being, oh, where? We're going to go firebomb it. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's that's like, it, I feel like that is today's world. It's like, we, we're showing you that we have all of these resources and we, we can provide the help. But then like, let's go vandalize it right. and make laws against you right. and things like that. It right. just It just doesn't add up in my brain. And so... Um, now I I don't I don't want to downplay the fact that like people really do struggle right. with like yeah. getting their needs met you know all, like financially all the things right. but right. there is so much help and I also think of the reality of whenever Roe v Wade was turned it was like the states all, you you just saw all these companies right. paying thousands of dollars for women to go get abortions right. and I'm like what about what about you're giving them so much money to go get abortions right. but also but at the same time you're saying there's not enough resources and you don't give enough money for them to help them mm-hmm. out. Exactly. But I'm like, but you're paying yeah. for them to go get an abortion. Exactly. It just, it's like, exactly. math ain't adding up. No. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that same money could go towards a birth. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, but anyways, that's kind of part of the, well, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's truly fascinating. Um, I feel like I could go on and on and on about this, but Megan, did you, I know that we talked a lot about, birth and different tips and questions and hormonal regulations that we could get advice from with Drew. I know that he's not a hormone specialist. No, not. Mm-hmm. Or fertility specialist. Or fertility specialist. I just mm-hmm. know the bare minimum. He knows the bare minimum. He knows more than me. I know how, you know what I know how to do really well? What? Refer. Refer. <laughs> Refer yeah. to people who know what they're doing. <laughs> know your strengths. Exactly. Absolutely. But Megan, as a mama, what questions do you have about birth or just different things that you think our listeners could learn or benefit from if they're in a season of trying to conceive, conceived and getting ready to give birth, all of that good stuff that I have no experience in? Yeah, I just feel like it'd be fun to hear, like, obviously, I gave birth, and I was <laughs> obsessed with birth when I was mm, pregnant. Yeah. Like, I listened to this podcast called The Birth Hour, and yeah. I listened to probably 500 episodes or something wow. insane while she I was pregnant. She would listen to it all the time. Non-stop. I think you would love it. 
What is that about again? Could you refresh It's literally just this woman. She's so good at interviewing and she just interviews women and they just tell their pregnancy and birth story. And wow. it is women from all different backgrounds, all different situations. Like it's definitely not a Catholic thing at all, but you hear just about every single kind of birth and every single possibility that could happen. And it was one of my, I'm so glad I did that because I learned so much about what could happen in birth. I was totally prepared, even though my birth did not go at all the way I expected it to. (laughs) Megan's birth makes me never want to. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was. I mean, not really. I want want four. Of course, of course. But it it did not go as planned. But I was like able to make really good decisions, like informed, educated decisions because I listened to so many episodes but i feel like something that's like always fun to hear is like maybe you could just quickly like list off the best birth tips especially for a woman who might want to have an unmedicated birth that was my goal i ended up with an epidural in the end and it was i always say it was my it was my best decision um (laughs) next to becoming catholic it was Best yeah. decision ever <laughs> in my life was getting an epidural. You're like, I'll take an epidural did. to go. <laughs> it it was, went to go cup. Yeah, it was amazing. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun to hear. Like, what are your best? Like, when you're in the heat of the moment with a woman who is like, it's sure. really starting to get painful. Like, what do you tell her? What do you encourage her to do? Love that. Yeah. Well, um, your story is, I'm sure, was incredible and hard and all the things and. Um, and a lot of women do end up in that position, especially with their first baby, like having all these goals and wanting to go unmedicated and then ending up with an epidural. And I'm always like, you're not a failure. Like, you know, I think there's a such big, such pressure. It feels like on women, you know, and and I want, I encourage them to like, you know, go as, you know, as long as you can, you know? Um, but I think you said is very, like you had all these goals, you had all these plans. I, one of the biggest things I tell patients is like, this is the most unpredictable Yet predictable. There's only two ways to have a baby. Out yeah. the southern exit or you get a C-section. <laughs> um, so, southern exit. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, while it's predictable of which way you're going to have a baby, it's wildly unpredictable of like wh- the which way it's going to happen and what's going to go on in between all of that. Yeah. Um, so I always tell patients like you, you have to come with an open – and okay, I want to also say I deliver babies in a hospital. Mm-hmm. A lot of certified nurse midwives, majority of them do. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who just want to deliver at birth centers, deliver at mm-hmm. home. I cannot speak on that. I cannot mm-hmm. speak yeah. about like their, you know, being a midwife in that realm. Sure. I only know hospital. Um, so just for, you know, people out there. It's actually to know that. Yeah. Um, so I always tell patients like, we love to see your birth plan. But I always kind of joke with them. If you come in with this long, drawn-out birth plan, <laughs> we're kind of superstitious on labor and delivery. Yeah. If you come up with these all these lists of things you want done, which, by the way, we do most of them anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. You really sort of – it feels like you're setting yourself up for all the opposite things to happen in right. all these interventions. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always like, just show up with your name and date of birth. And then yeah. it's going to go the way you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, please bring your birth plan. We want to see it. And we want right. to, you know, meet your needs. Yeah. I guess when it comes to the heat of the moment though um i what one of the, I, I just have different phrases that i do say um one of the main things is running towards your pain mm. like run towards it yeah. um and and know that like your pain and um 
your baby are working for you, not against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, because I always say like, no pain, no baby. And while that's right. kind of funny and people are like, huh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's true. Like yeah. you have yeah. to be in pain in order to meet your baby. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things is like during a contraction, I'm always saying like run towards it, yeah. you know, like mm. be not afraid. It's going to end. Yeah. This is going to end. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's another thing that I like to say is like, um, you know, obviously you want to, you want an environment that feels safe to you. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and you want a team there to right. support you. Mm-hmm. Now I will say in birth, I think a lot of women feel this need to like be hospitable to their entire family. I'm like, you don't want your father-in-law there. Like <laughs> no. get him out of the room, no. you know, unless he's like an integral part of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you really just want it like a solid group of people. Um, and it's so a, female. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, like, no, can I hope I, I have a charcuterie board, right? Now. <laughs> oh, my God, no, you're probably that hungry. Gonna be, that's going to be me. giving. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Though. <laughs> no, exactly. it is about you and your husband and your baby Absolutely. and whoever yeah. else you need. But we at the there. same time are like, no, I've named a sp- signature cocktail that I created. In <laughs> if you just the shakers over there, all you have to oh do is shake gosh. it and put it in the chilled glass. You have one. I obviously can't <laughs> soon though. And we're calling it like, <laughs> Yeah, but I will say, like, I can't imagine someone laboring and birthing alone. And so it really does. It's a team effort, especially your unmedicated mamas out there. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is like you you need someone there when it is it is getting real. Yeah. Okay. Because it really is. It gets intense. Sure. And um, yes. And and so one of the things I also will like different tips to help them out in that moment. Um, breathing, I always say breathing is the key. It's the easiest thing we do. We don't even think about it, Mm -hmm. but in the moment it is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And so I always say, you got to breathe in through your nose for three seconds, out through your mouth. And one of the biggest thing I see is shoulders up to the ears. I want you to drop your shoulders and sink Mm -hmm. into the bed or sink into wherever you're standing. Sure. Let your body just relax through this contraction as best you can. Way easier said than done. Also, Mm -hmm. I should say this. I obviously have never given birth and yeah. never will. Okay. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I really believe I do not need to go through this right. in order to like educate or like help someone through it because I've right. seen it so many times. And yeah. I was also like, I also put it into the perspective of like, God forbid you ever get cancer. You don't like go to an oncologist mm. who has had cancer right. while that is like nice in a way to have someone that you can relate to. Sure. That person can still provide excellent care Absolutely, and, and yeah. you know, education. So right. that's the way I see that too. Of like, whenever yeah. like you will never go through this, I'm like, you're right, I won't. But I know Absolutely. how to help you through it. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. I may not be able to relate to it, but I do think that I can. I can help you. That's a great way to view it. Wow. Um, another another little funny tip that I think has really helped people. Is, this is the moment that like when when women start screaming. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we see it all the time in the movie. It doesn't happen as often as you think, but it does happen. It happened and to Maggie. It did oh, happen. Oh, Maggie scared the living hell out of her husband. Oh shoot! Tell the story oh. real quick. Well, I I was in labor for like <laughs> over thirty hours. And Uh I was induced and, you know, it does take a while to get into active labor. Once I was there, I was there for many, many, many hours and (laughs) it, I was, I was handling them well for a long time. You know, the breathing was going well. I was going to my good place, whatever. But I was in probably a transitional (laughs) stage for like hours. Like I was at like nine and a half centimeters for hours. Unmedicated? Unmedicated for a long, long time. Yeah. So it got to the point of like. You know, the contraction would come and it was like a demon took over my body. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> my my screams, <laughs> the cursing, the desire to no longer be alive. It was like 
I was like, you feel like your body's splitting in half. Yeah. Yeah, literally. I looked Jake in the face. I'm like, I I would rather kill myself right now than go through another one. And he was like, you cannot say those words anymore. And, <laughs> like, nope. and then he was like, it. Megan, please get an epidural. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Isn't that right? Or am I making that up? Well, I kept saying, I'm like, Jake, I don't know how long. He's like, you're so close. Because once you get to 10 centimeters, you can push. And I'm like, well, right. what if pushing is going to take a long time? You know, I don't know. It's very possible. And we finally right. got to the point where I was like, F it give me that epidural this second and i didn't give birth for another 10 hours so thank oh god i got an epidural <laughs> they were super patient with you yeah that's oh I'm glad they my were gosh patient. i can literally picture my midwife just standing there with her arms crossed and i'm like i can't do this she's like you're doing it right now and i was like i can't you know she was so patient the whole time how long did you push for six and a half hours six hours you what what yeah. what what you I said six pushed- hours Yep, and the nurse is like, you are officially my longest pusher. I pushed for six hours, yeah. What? Let it me was just unbelievable. It is very uncommon to even yeah. get to four hours without yeah. like someone saying, you need a C-section. This baby is not coming out yeah. the southern I know. exit. I am so <laughs> grateful. I'm so Holy grateful. And I, moly, it was because Megan. I was with a midwife, and um, someone came in later. She's like, oh, how long did you push? I'm like, oh, six hours. She was like, what? They let you push that long? And then she saw wow. I was with the midwives instead of the OBs, and she's like, "Ah, that's probably why because wow. an OB would have sent Your you baby in for must a C-section." Have good. <laughs> My baby's baby, cone like- head was oh. unreal. It was like it was <laughs> like it. off to the right. It was like her head was clearly not in a good position. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's wow. Uh, well, part of my like story. that's you are that is. Unlike anything I've heard, I mean that's that's really really rare. That's amazing. You are one strong woman. I will say, like like while I say it's super unpredictable, I always say your baby runs this show. So what that tells me is that your baby was tolerating pushing and labor just fine. Yeah. You know, because yeah, exactly, as your yeah. yeah. So I mean, as long as baby's looking good, like I always yeah. tell patients, you know, when you come in to labor and delivery, you could have this most elaborate birth plan. But your baby, when we're checking on baby's heartbeat, mm-hmm, sometimes yeah. we don't always need to be watching them on the monitor. But the times that we are, if we are concerned. We're going to do interventions to help yeah. baby's heartbeats. So right. exactly. you must have just had a really cooperative baby. I <laughs> Which did. She That's what they said. Yeah. Now, and she is the most still. cooperative baby. That is so true. Uh, she's like Aww. so cooperative. She's the best. Good girl. Yeah. Good one of the, so, so one of the things I like to say, though, is uh, real quick is um, when patients start screaming, uh-huh. you know, and like they're getting close to the end, they're like losing their mind. Um, I, what I always say is like, I like low noises. So like not, nothing up in your face. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to scream with your face. I want you to scream with your vagina. Okay. <laughs> so everything needs to be down and, and down low. All right. And I know that for all you visual people out there, you're probably like, Oh, whoa. but <laughs> it works. A lot of people, when I say that, and by the way, I have to give credit to the midwife. I work with Maria. Yeah. She's the one that said that first. And I was like, genius. <laughs> and it works. It truly works. A lot of women are like, Oh, okay. I'm like, don't scream with your face. I want you to scream with your vagina. Cause you're using muscles to scream. Yeah. Like yeah. you're yeah. working energy upwards when you're screaming. Sure. I want you screaming down low. Yeah. And it really does move babies. So wow. yeah, that's when you get to complete. That's when like 10 centimeters when you're ready to push. Right. So you have to be at least, you know, to right. start pushing. But yeah. right. before that, that's what I kind of always say. And one of the most common questions I always get to is like, am I going to poop? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even tell you how much we could not care less yeah. if you do or not. And yeah. it always, if you do, it means you're pushing right. So yeah, exactly. feel free to have a bowel movement right in front of us. Absolutely. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just hope yeah, someday true. you deliver like all six of my kids. <laughs> I thought you were on four earlier. <laughs> right, yeah. You've we'll added two. Yeah, we've added two. Let's talk about birth so much. You're like, like, I need uh, more. Maybe I'll have ten. <laughs> no, it's just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine you and me. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, the drama. Yeah. We'll just put Apple TV on and have a good time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you'll be having an epidural is what I hear there. Absolutely, I will. Unless that changes with my husband yep. someday. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh man. Yeah. Wow, those are great tips. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe okay. like any other stories that you want to share? Yeah, I was going to say, we're getting close to time. So if you have any stories, I think that something... I know you've shared so many with me, mm-hmm. but I think that's something that's kind of like encompassing both of the topics that we've shared of like, obviously our society and where we're at with mm-hmm. pro-life, pro-choice, mm-hmm. the frustration and fusion that we have in that, as well as birth and the beauty of it and just how sacred life is. And then obviously you should say what you always say about birth and how we're all a part of it. <laughs> I kind of oh, just yeah. said it for you. No, no, no. It's true. But though. Just kind of like wrapping it up for us with any stories or anything you want to share would be great. Um, I always, I always say like whenever people find out what I do, it, people always are super intrigued and are always like kind of this awe and wonder about yeah. it, you know? And they're like, "Whoa, you don't hear that every day. And you, right. and you don't, you don't, you don't hear that every day. Right. Um, but I think, I think what it is, why people are so kind of drawn to it in some way is that we all relate. Right. We all relate to birth. We, mm-hmm. we've all been through it. Yeah. Um, whether we remember, we don't, well, I was going to say whether we remembered or not, but we don't remember that part. <laughs> we were babies. We don't remember. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> if your daughter remembered being pushed out for six hours, that would be traumatic for her. There is a problem. Yeah, exactly. She would be really messed up. <laughs> really messed up. Yeah. So anyways, what I, it, it's a really sacred thing, birth, because it, it, it connects all of us and yeah. our humanity. Mm-hmm. And whether some people are like, oh, birth grosses me out, like thinking about a human coming out of another human. Yeah. Or you're like just totally in awe of it, 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 it's, you're still like wanting to know more about it in yeah. some way, you know, right. Right. Mm-hmm. because it, it draws us together as humans. Um, and so to be a part of that is a really special thing for me yeah. as a midwife and just being a part of like a birthday, a true birthday, yeah. you know, is like, Aww. it's such a gift and, um, yeah, it, it's just really special. Um, so. Wow. That's so, so cool. I feel like when we were talking about this topic too, I, I hate that our society, and this will be my closing term, I always get back to society and some feud that I've got with it at the moment. (laughs) And I just hate that birth has become, it's like still so significant, of course, but in some ways it's also become such a daily nothing of like Mm. when you get pregnant, it's either like unwanted or greatly rejoiced. Like there's just such a great tear on it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. It's not mm-hmm. like people actually say, oh, that's nothing. But people can toss it like it's nothing. Yeah. They can also toss infertility like it's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. They can toss having another child because it's their fourth or their fifth. Right. And they're crazy. Like I can't believe they're still having babies. Right. That's nothing. Like, oh, once we get to number eight, it's not a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. like I just feel like there's such variations of worth that we put and it just blows my mind that like god created us saying that it was good Mm. and now our society has gotten to a point where we we feel like we have the power to say whether or not it's good Mm. you know yeah like whether or not there's significance or if it means nothing 
Hmm. When it's the foundation of humanity, it's the foundation and the greatest, most beautiful creation of all. Hmm. And yet we've gotten to this point where we integrate our opinions and like fuse it into our water. And like, there's just like so much debate about the most beautiful and sacred thing. Right. Ever. 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 It's like, there shouldn't even be a question. Like there shouldn't even be a confusion about, Oh, is it, does it matter or not? Yeah. What did someone famous, either it was mother Teresa or Ronald Reagan. (laughs) I I don't know why I'm saying Ronald Reagan, but it's one of them. I don't really know, actually. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know what that came from. Just say the quote. The quote was... is, I, I have noticed that everyone that is for abortion has already been born. Mm, and so I think I'm that like, was Ronald been... Reagan. I think was it? Right. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think we right. should fact check that because I think that was really Ronald Reagan. I don't I know how really I know was. that. We're going to look right now. We're looking it up. Here Please come hold. the click clackers. <laughs> My dog's name was Reagan, wow. so... I know a thing or two. If that's correct, then I'm honestly in. Quote. Let's see. It literally. It is Ronald Reagan. (laughs) I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you, President Ronald Reagan. Yes. It was either Mother Teresa. Which also would not have been shocking, obviously. Obviously, of course. Yeah. I I somehow, I I think the reason why I knew it was Ronald Reagan is because that's such a great quote and and from a president? And from a president, exactly. So how could you forget that? Absolutely. Also, I just want to make a side note, too, that um, there's so much, like, hype and talking about having a natural um, vaginal delivery. Sure. There are so many mm-hmm. people out there that have C-sections yeah. and that mm-hmm. feels totally defeated mm-hmm. and that, that, that nothing went their way. I just want to say, like, I see you. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I know that, like, it was totally out of your control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... You know, a lot of patients, honestly, that struggle with infertility that go through years and years and years of like different, you know, hormones and different things like that just to help them. Once, once they finally get pregnant, you know, God willing, they, they, they feel this, this like desire to that. Oh, now they can have control over their birth Mm -hmm. that because they were totally out of control of everything else of getting pregnant. They suffered enough. Yeah, exactly. So like, of course their birth is going to go their way. Right. But the reality is that it's really unpredictable and a lot right. of, and I mean like ha- close to half the people are born by C-section, right. it feels like, you know? Right. So I just want to say like birth is birth, C-section yeah. or, or, or having a natural right. delivery. And so I just want people out there to know that, you know, you're, you're not less of a woman or you're right. not, you know, not as strong. Like you are fully woman, fully strong, yeah. regardless of how you're, yeah. how you give birth. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so, Thank you so, so much good. for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, wow. Well, I'm ready to wow. get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're only a couple steps away. Only a few more small hiccups until I can get there. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Wow. Oh well, gosh. thank you, Drew. Oh, Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So this has much. been so fun. This absolutely. has been so, This really so, has been so, so much fun. fun. Thank, you for, thank you for having me, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been so great. And please, y'all, like... I know we always say this, but this topic especially, I feel like it is such a great approachable topic, approachable and also jarring topic (laughs) that so many people are interested in. Like this is such a great opportunity for all of our regular listeners to really share this and spread this podcast. And like we always say, make it something that is just out in the boondocks, like every single person. I want everyone on the nation, (laughs) on the nation. 
nation? Everyone on the nation. Everyone on the nation. Everyone on this planet <laughs> to listen to the Daily Nothings and hear the gospel through this very humble little slice of my attempt of sharing God's goodness. So <laughs> thank you for listening. Share it with everyone you know. And please ask questions if you have questions. I don't yes. know how that works, but I don't mind answering oh my gosh, you know, yes. people's questions. Do you have an Instagram? I do not. I didn't I think don't. so. Where do you get all of your memes? Facebook? Um, you are a Facebook boy. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I truly am. You so. are a Facebook boy. No, You're like a no little shame. dad. I am a little, I, honestly. I With feel your like recliner, I too. I, okay, you guys, I love to rock in a recliner. <laughs> it's nothing like it. It's if he's not texting, we always say he's probably just rocking at home. It's true. Oh I am gosh. so seen and known. Well, you are so seen and known. <laughs> okay, that's all. I could talk to Drew for hours, and um, that's it. Isn't he the yeah, best? I guess send your <laughs> Isn't questions he the best? to Courtney. Yes, yes, send it to me on Becoming Courtney, and I will ask Drew, and then maybe we'll have a little deeper dive on a Patreon episode sometime with Drew. We'll love that. Ooh, yeah. that'd be fun. Hey, yo, that'd be so fun. So sign up for Patreon. It's only $5 a month. I know you spent $5 today. Don't tell me you didn't. And that's all I have. Shout out to yeah. all you moms out there. Yes. You guys are amazing. Yes, yes. In this, in this month of mothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so true. So, okay. That's it. Yay. We'll see you later. See you next week. All right, week. bye, guys. Bye. Bye.